All right. <clears throat> Can you hear me? All right. All right. Good morning, TSC family. How are you guys doing today? Oh, great. So I'm really excited today to speak. I really thank God for this opportunity. And I really want to thank Pastor Sean for giving this opportunity to speak his word. You know, I told my brother <clears throat> that I'm going to speak today in the church. And he was like, you don't represent Indian pastor. I was like, what? He said, you have a beard. In India, if you have a beard, you're like a Muslim, you know, people grow beard. I'm trying to grow a big beard, yeah. Or if I have a long hair, which is some of the priests in India have the long beard. So I said then, like, what, what, what does represent pastor? He said he was preaching to a bunch of pastors in India, and he said that you have to have a clean shave, nice haircut, and have to have a big tummy. <laughs> because in India, people take care of their pastors, believers, so... As you know, you need to, I, I don't see that coming out, so you, you have to take care of him. <laughs> so now, just a reminder, November is the Pastor's Appreciation Month, so. <laughs> right? Yeah. Uh, anyway, so, as Sister Jeannie has prayed today, that uh, my topic is a very topical topic, which is on authority of the scripture, and uh, it's going to be nothing like Pastor Sean's, you know, like motivational or empowering. It's going to be a lecture, so <laughs> you all been through schools and colleges. You know how a lecture is, so if anybody falls asleep, please wake them up at the end of the sermon. <laughs> and I really want to thank uh, Saba and uh, Roma for thanks for sharing. And it was powerful. I, th I thought when they're done, I think that's good for today. You know, we can go home. <laughs> but, you know, if, and as I said, lecture, I have six pages. So as an, as an Indian, you know, you have to stay here at least for two more hours. Uh, but I'll try my best to keep it short and to the point if I don't get diverted around. Uh, but thank you once again. I'm really humble. I feel unworthy to speak on the Word of God, but God gave me this opportunity, and I thank God for that. So, but however, I want to draw your attention to your passage. I want to begin with that, and from there we'll go forward. So, please turn our phones and tablets, or if you have Bibles, <laughs> to let's open our Bibles to Matthew chapter 4. Matthew chapter 4. So I'm just going to read a couple of verses from 1 to 11. So this is the interaction between Jesus and the Satan. I have to tell you this. When I said Satan in one of the church, once I was preaching in a different church, when I said Satan, the, uh, I keep saying Satan, Satan. And the lady after the church, she came and said, excuse me, I want to tell you something. I said, oh, yeah, what do you want? I thought she was going to say me some encouraging words. But she said, you keep saying it's Satan. It's a cloth. You'd have to say Satan. <laughs> so she corrected me my English pronunciation. Anyway. All right. Matthew chapter 4. Then Jesus was led up by the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. And after fasting 40 days and 40 nights, he was hungry. And the tempter came and said to him, If you are the Son of God, command these stones to become loaves of bread. 
But he answered, It is written, Man shall not live by bread alone, but every word that comes from the mouth of God. Then devil took him to the holy city and set him on the pinnacle of the temple and said to him, If you are the son of God, throw yourself down, for it is written, He will command his angels concerning you, and on their hands they will bear you up, lest you strike your foot against a stone. And Jesus said to him, Again, it is written, You shall not put the Lord your God to the test. Again the devil took him to a very high mountain and showed him all the kingdoms of the world and their glory. And he said to him, All these I give you if you fall down and worship me. Then Jesus said to him, Be gone, Satan, for it is written, You shall worship the Lord your God, and him only shall you serve. And the devil left him, and behold, angels came and were ministering to him. So here I want to draw your attention to a common denominator. You know, each time devil, uh, each time Satan came to tempt him, Jesus used the, the continuation word we say, it is written. God has used his scripture to defend the temptator, the temptator. The devil. So, devil is very tricky. You know, Jesus recognized the tricky of the devil. So, if you look at the recent world or our church situation, we as a church, we need to be very careful about the devil's tricks. You know, he is a confuser. He is a liar. So, each time we see in this passage, whenever temptation or whenever the Satan comes, Jesus defended with the scripture. However, so as I said today, my topic is on authority of the scripture. So as we focus how scripture has been a big authority in Jesus' life, how he's defended using scripture. So today I want to talk you a little bit, walk you through the history, why there has been attack on the scripture or, or its authority. And I want to provide, provide, why Bible is authority within the scripture. Okay, so, uh, so I want to give you just a little brief on church history. If people love church history or history, I think you'll enjoy this. However, if you look at church history and who are called also like Bible believing, we assert and believe that scripture is God's word. Scripture is a God's word. Scripture speaks means God speaks. Christians have come to scripture to know and learn about God. Every area of our Christian life is defined and regulated or controlled how to live a life by the word of God. Early church believed that Christian faith stands or falls upon the foundation of the holy scriptures. Without the scriptures, Christians have no basis of authority whatsoever. You know, one author says this way, this sufficient knowledge of God is housed in the Bible, the written revelation of living God. So what we see since the enlightenment or postmodernity and modernity, we keep seeing this happening. In the, the, the aim, the devil's trick is to dismantle the word of God as not as word of God. If you dismantle the word of God as not a word of God, then you can dismantle its authority. Then if its authority is gone, you can be the authority of yourself or you can 
interpret Bible however you want it to say. That makes sense? If we can dismantle the God of God's word, then we can dismantle its authority. If we can dismantle its authority, then you can make it say whatever you want or you can reject it and you become the authority of yourself. So I have a video here. It's, it's a very funny video. It, uh, it, is, it represents how people have been interpreting scripture. It is it's just a funny video. It's not like a Christian video, but it's like secular video. But I think it'll definitely fit into this picture, what I'm saying, when people use scripture to speak what they want to say. So, Brother Sean, please go ahead and play the video. So people have been interpreting scripture how they want, how they fit their life. Or you can see from this video that they become the authority of what they want for their life to be. Uh, however, I just want you to go to uh, take you back a little bit of background why there is an attack on the word of God. So by the end of 16th, 17th century, humanistic thinking came into existence. You know, the very famous French revolutionist who's Rene Descartes. I think, therefore, I am. You know, that's kind of humanistic thinking has come into existence. You know, that has, that thinking has pushed divine revolution aside and replaced man's reason. You know, reason is all you need to live. You know, they, that continued into enlightenment by into 17th, 18th century. That gave rise to individualistic skepticism and science, you know. Advancement in uh, travel, technology, scientific discoveries, you know, gave confidence in rationalism that man could, you know, could provide solutions to man's predicaments or man's difficulties or whatever problem is happening. These humanistic ideas, these humanistic ideas gave rise to human autonomy and human authority to reasons. Now we are in a situation where it's not the reason anymore, it's about feelings. Whatever you feel like, you can be. If I'm 65 years old, I can feel like I'm 15, you know, or you could feel whatever you want. I don't want to mention it, but you know what I'm talking about. So now we are like celebrities, whatever they feel, it becomes a trend. So it's reason, logic, everything, revelation have been pushed away. Now we are in feeling, however. But if you look back, so authority shifted from God and the Bible to man's reason. Re reason. That everybody can decide for themselves what they believe without interference from God, the church, or the Bible. These human ideas gave rise to critics to question. You know, one guy says that, Every page of the Bible attacking its authority and authenticity. So areas like historical accuracy, textual veracity, challenge of supernatural scientific possibility, challenge against religious pluralism because Bible claims to be exclusive. You know, the gospel says that only through Jesus we have the eternal way. And it represents as an arrogance or intolerance as a Christians. However, however, since the beginning, Bible steady, stood steady pace in an authority and in authenticity. 
and among all the attacks on it. You know, there is no other book that went through the scrutiny like Bible. Not any of uh, Quran or Islamic or any Hindi of the, any books in uh, in Hinduism or Sikhism or Buddhism. Any other books have gone through scrutiny like Jesus, uh, our Bible. So Bible still stands. So I just want to give you a little bit what's happening. Every year there are hundred million copies have been printed. Five billions have been printed already. So. There are 3,415 languages the Bible has been translated. And it includes some is New Testament or some passages of the Bible or in some uh, whole Bible. You know? And through the scripture, the millions of lives has been changing. And as Roma and, uh, Roma and Saba has mentioned that scripture has been changing people's life. And people have died to bring the scripture to the world. People have been burned in the stake. You know? So honestly, when you talk about authority of the scripture, it's, I think it's only in the western side of the world. It's western. You, you guys have too much time to fight about this, I think, sometimes. <laughs> in India, we're, you know, as you said, we're fighting for the clients. Our families are thinking to provide for them. They don't have time to sit down and like, which page is not right, which God is, no. This is, this is very, it saddens my heart to see uh, how people have not thankful to God what he has given us by his sovereign will, sovereign authority. He gave us this book. But I think sometimes in the Western world, I notice that. I never grew up, growing up in my church, I never had an, a problem with or anytime my father or dad or my grandfather, nobody, anybody in India or any other countries like Africa or South America, as nobody have ever like, had an issue they accepted it as God, because God, sovereign God, he knows what he wants his people to give. No. So he put this scripture in our hands. However, we see this thing, authority of the scripture, when I went to seminary, I learned about this, how scripture has been under attack since the enlightenment in the Western world. So it's not to say that, to discourage, encourage, who knows, in the future, it might go even to India, you know, or any other countries. So, but... The, here, my, my understanding of the scripture is it's, people can find faults in anything. They'll find fault in Jesus too, right? Mm -hmm. so, uh, so we have to understand that Satan is working really hard to dismantle the word of God. If he can dismantle the word of God, he can dismantle his authority so people can live without a leader or uh, without any authority. But in the Western world, I realize, this is not to be political, but when you hear the word authority, people don't like it. Ah, you cannot tell me what to do. That's right. Because authority, sometimes there's abuse in the authority. It's not good. It's being authority. Authority is always good. We need authority. It keeps people in order. It keeps people in line. You know, we have authority, like Pastor Sean is a lead guy. Or we have authority in the president, in the schools. Or we have authority as a police who keeps things line. So authority is not always a bad thing. It is a good thing. So, but when it comes to spiritual word of God, people don't like it. So because um, here, God's word tells us to live a godly life. So, so when I say authority, what I mean is now that I'm worshiping 
this book. What I mean is that I'm worshipping the God of this book. That's what I mean when I say authority of the scripture. I also believe that when I speak of the scripture, I, that illuminating work of Holy Spirit to bring out the deeper and the greater meaning of scripture that makes it live and active. God has to illuminate, you know, the Holy Spirit speaking through us, through his scriptures. If not, it's just a words on a page for some people. And so that's, so, uh, that's what I believe when you speak of the authority. So here I want to give you what is biblical authorities. Here I'm going to discuss, uh, we'll move on to what is biblical authority. Authority can be defined as right to issue commands and demand obedience. According to the scriptures, this is something that ultimately belongs to God of the Bible and to him alone. God did not receive his authority. There was no one to bestow it on him. God's authority did not come by way of elections, like how we do it here. There was no one to vote for him. God did not seize his authority. There was no one to steal it from. God did not earn his authority. It was already his. God inherent, inherently embodied authority because he is great I am. So we see that, that authority, when we talk about authority, authority did not originate outside the scripture. We are not trying to make this authority because of what outside people or secularists think, but we see that authority did not come originate from the scripture, but rather within. God words is authoritative. So what we know about God, it's because of the Bible. If you take the Bible out of the picture, we have no understanding about God, right? If you take the Bible out of, if you ignore it, and if you throw it like, I don't believe it, then what understanding we have about God? Some people think, ah, oh, you know, we do, God has shown his revelation through nature, and God speaks to different people for the different people. But how much you know about, how much you can learn about God from nature? How much you can learn about God from other people? God's word is the final authority. God chose to reveal his revelation through his word for our Christian life. So I personally believe that God chose to reveal through scriptures. Uh, and it is very sacred to me and it should be very sacred to people so to you all you know why why i would say very sacred because we i i grew up holding scripture as very sacred if you look at some religious in india or any other religion they they have their own books too and uh, it's okay to have a, a respect for the book you know in india we don't even put our bible sometimes on the floor or it's always on the table you know, it's, it's, it's not like we're worshiping the word, but it's, it has some reverence. It has some respect. Sometimes whenever we have missionaries come in, my mom sees sometimes, you know, they preach and they put their under the seat on their shoe. She's like, how can they put their Bible on their shoe? So the word of God is very common here, you know. Or it's maybe, you know, as I said, Pastor Shonada, like too much Christianity, too much Bibles, I don't know, whatever. But there's a reverence in the word of God. I have hold that very close to me. And I would encourage everyone to rever have a reverence and sacred towards God's word. So here I would like to give you four things. Why Bible is authoritative. One. Jesus approves, approves it as authoritative. 
you know, if Jesus makes a bold statement in Matthew 5, 17 and 18, you see. Do not think I have come to abolish the law or the prophets. I have come to abolish them, but to fulfill them. For truly I tell you, until heaven and earth disappear, not the smallest letter nor the least stroke of a pen will be any means disappear from the law until everything is accomplished. So Jesus himself affirming the scriptures of the Old, uh, the Old Testament. You know, whenever Jesus says, it is written, you know, in the New Testament, it's more than 90 times it has been written. Jesus and other disciples, whenever they use the term, it is written, it means God says. You know, it is written, what it means God says, that Jesus affirms all the prophets. You know, we can see Jesus referring to, you know, Jonah, Daniel, Isaiah, Moses, David. This is all represents that God approves of the scripture. We cannot deny the, the scriptures. You know, he completely agreement with Old Testament and helps up as authoritative and corrects the religious leaders when they misuse it. So Jesus knows the scripture. He depends. He believed it and he fought for it. So that's the first one. A second one, Jesus spoke to human directly. And it, the written word is here because Jesus spoke directly to human directly. You know, if you see like Adam, Noah, Abraham. In Moses, in Exodus chapter 24, 12, we see that Lord said to Moses, come up to me to the mountain and wait there that I may give you the tables of stone with the law and the commandments which I have written for their instructions. So these are the instructions God has given us. He spoke to the Moses. And even Jesus speaking to his disciples in John 17, 8. For I gave them the words you gave me, and they accepted them. They knew with certainty that I came from you, and they believed that you sent me. So Jesus spoke. God spoke to humans directly. And that's the word. Why the Bible is authoritative? Jesus approves it authoritative. Second, Jesus spoke, God spoke to human directly through the scripture. And third, why the Bible is authoritative is God chose certain spokesmen to speak for him, like prophets. Whenever you say, thus says the Lord, which means he is a representative. God wants them to tell us God's word. That's why the God's word is authoritative. You know, in the Paul, in the New Testament, we see Paul says in 1 Thessalonians chapter 2, 13, and we also thank God continually because when you received the word of God, which you heard from us, you accepted it as not as a human word, but as it is actually is the word of God, which is indeed at work in you who believes. So it is working. His God's word is working, whoever believes in it. So Paul once more tells that it is authoritative. It's not a human word, but it's a God's word. So God used human spokesmen to write down his word. Fourth one, God used certain writings to speak to people. God used certain writings to speak to people. Like for Jeremiah, 30 chapters, verse 2, you say, Thus says the Lord, the God of Israel, write it in a book all the words that I have spoken to you. In 1 Corinthians chapter 14, 7, we see if anyone thinks that he is a prophet or spiritual, he should acknowledge that things I have writing to you are a command of the Lord. You are able to keep the track of what I'm saying, all these things. I'm reading a bunch of verses and all the scriptures. So what I want to prove, what I want to say that is that word of God is authoritative. 
because God used for, as I mentioned, four things. God used certain writers writing to speak to a people. God used certain spokesmen to people. And God spoke directly to people. And Jesus himself confirmed this. These are inspired word of God. So therefore, Bible is the book, book of both human and divine. It's God's word written by human beings carrying divine authority. It is not something Christians invented our church made it or invented it, but it is a testimony of biblical writers themselves. The, this record of God speaking is the final word on all matters of faith and practice. So we have to believe and obey his word as final authority. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. You're all awake? Yes. Keep, I told you this is going to be a lecture. Don't fall. <laughs> so... So in Hebrew chapter 4, 14, we, the Hebrew writer says that, For the word of God is alive and it's active, sharper than any double-edged sword. It penetrates even to dividing soul and the spirit, joints and marrow. It judges the thoughts and attitude of the heart. When I hear this word, it's so powerful. And Pastor, we read today words that the word is live and active. Sharper than double-edged. How can you compare the God's word to any other form of this? Like, like a sword. Not one side when you cut your vegetables, but both sides. It will go through. The description of the writer is so fascinating. It penetrates even to the dividing soul and the spirit, joints and the marrow. It is a very, uh, what do you say, description. It judges the thoughts and the attitudes of the heart. That has been a problem for a lot of people with authority of the scripture. It judges, it cuts through, it penetrates, but now people don't want to do that. People want to feel how they want to feel. You know, they don't want somebody to tell them. They don't want to be authority. So as the Hebrew writer says that, that we need to, we know that the Bible is a sword that cuts through our lives which sharpens us to mold us, to help us to become what God wants us to be. It shapens our life. It restores life. So here I'm going to um, go through certain thing, a uh, couple of things. Why Bible is authoritative for Christian walk? Why it is authoritative as a Christian for our Christian walk? I would say Bible reveals God's character who he is, what kind of person he is, his attributes, his wisdom, his creation, his faithfulness, his love, his holiness, his judgment, his wrath, his desire for relationship, his grace, mercy, his goodness, healing, also shows our depravity, our need for God to rely on him, sanctification of our souls as a believing Christians, peace and joy and a hope that to come. The glory we're going to receive. And Bible also reveals, without a Bible we never understand God's omnipotence, omniscience, omnipresence, you know this all big words, immutability, eternal, self-existent and so on. We would never understand without the scripture. 
these things, what kind of God we have. If you reject this authority or reject as critics, and the saddest thing, even within the Christian community, within the Christians, we have rejected the scripture for many ways. It's not authoritative. But how do you understand God if you reject? And can a God make something, something's right and something's wrong? Can he say one book is right and another book is wrong? Is God is, as Peter Eugene says in his book, he says that the God's word is a written, God's word is an act of God. It is not just an act of men or church. It is an act of God. It's God made sure it happens. God makes sure it's written. Make sure that people get his word. That people will know. You know, if you look at the history, how do you know that the Socrates or whoever Julius Caesar existed? Because somebody has written down. Same way, the God's word is written down and he makes sure he's written down, make sure that everybody around the world gets the news. They hear the gospel. After that, they grow through the scripture to become matured Christians. Paul, that's what Paul wants. People to grow in the mature. How do you become a mature? It's because of the scripture. If you don't have scripture, if you don't believe this, if you don't accept certain things and accept, then it is, you're not growing. It is not the work of God. It's not the work of the Holy Spirit. You're completely rejecting it. And so uh, I went a little further away than what I need. But also Bible speaks. It also speaks to us into our daily lives. How to trust in God. Comfort in the time of need. Calling people to the cross. Showing us his grace and forgiveness of our sins. Giving us hope. Sustain us day by day. His mercies are new every day in our lives. We need his strength. He comforts us. He leads us. As Romans, uh, Paul writes in Romans 15.4. For whatever was written in former days was written for our instruction that though through endurance and through the encouragement of the scriptures, we might have hope. So if we do not believe in certain parts of it, or if we disobey its commandment, we are deceived believing in his word, or we are disobeying his God. We must obey everything the word of God commands us to. That's how we honor God. How do we honor God is by obeying him and accepting his word as authoritative over our life. So here is my question to you today. What is your authority in your life? What takes the authority position in your life? Is that fame? Is it your position? Or is it your money? Or is it your status? Or your accomplishments? Or success? Your work? Or sometimes our sickness could be take over our life. You know, it becomes authority in our life, even our problems, you know, our sicknesses. But today is my question to you. What is authority in your life? Along with Bible as an authority, what are you making your priorities in your life to be authority? You know, as Sam's, let us examine ourselves. You know, as Sam's, Psalms 119.11, he says, I have stored up your words in my heart. That I may not sin against you. So let's store the word of God. Which is authority in our hearts. That we can see who we are. That God's words can show us who we are. 
so that we may not sin against him, but we honor him and glorify him. So John 14, 6, as Jesus says, but the helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, he will teach you all things that bring to your remembrance all that I have said to you. Let's ask of the Holy Spirit to teach us what Jesus has taught us through the scripture. Let's ask him help. We are not trying to sit here to understand by ourselves. Sometimes, as I said, it could be just words in the pages. So let's ask God, ask the authority word of God through the help of Holy Spirit to reveal us the things he wants us to learn. So the conclusion, here's the conclusion. <laughs> End of the lecture. <laughs> Scripture is word of God and the word of God are authoritative. Conclusion is, scripture is authoritative. So, the Bible is not authoritative. You can, uh, uh, music team, you can come up. Wow, I get to be like, please, music team, come up. <laughs> Our <laughs> choir, two choir people. <laughs> the Bible is not authoritative because of what we make it, but because of what it is. The Bible is our final, final authority because it is authoritative. It is not authoritative because we consider it to be authoritative. So we have to be careful with the Satan, how he tried to trick us, confuse us, lies us. We always have to use the armor of God to put on, you know. And as the Bible speaks, that we have to be ready to fight against all the evil spirits. So before I end, there is an... I, I don't know. I think almost there. Okay. This is, I don't know the author. It's an unknown author, but I found this in an article and I thought it's a very way, good way to end it. It's about the scripture. This book contains the mind of God, the state of man, the way of salvation, the doom of sinners, and the happiness of believers. Its doctrine is holy. Its perspectives are binding. Its histories are true. Its decisions are immutable. Read it to be wise. Believe it to be saved and practice it to be holy. It contains light to direct you, food to support you, and comfort to cheer you. It is the travel's map, the pilgrim's, pilgrim's staff, the pilot campus, the soldier's sword, and the Christian's Carter. Our heaven is opened and the gates of hell disclosed. Christ is the grand subject. Our good its design and the glory of God it ends. It should fill the memory, rule the heart and guide the feet. Read it slowly, frequently and prayerfully. It is a mine of wealth, health to the soul and a river of pleasure. It is given to you here in this life will be open at the judgment and is established forever. It involves the highest responsibility, will reward the greatest labor and condemn all who trifle with this content. Thank you. Heavenly Father, we do thank you for your word and we thank you that you continue to speak to us through it. Lord, help us to uh, accept the truth, accept the authority authority of scripture. Lord, may we surrender to your authority. May we surrender to your word. May we surrender our lives to live 
for you every step of the way. Hebrews chapter 8, verses 10 and following. For this is the covenant that I will make with the house of Israel after those days, declares the Lord. I will put my laws into their minds and write them on their hearts. And I will be their God and they shall be my people. In Jesus' name, amen. God bless. Thank you for being here. Have a great rest of your day. Thank you, Shalem. Mm -hmm. Thank you, Aroma and Saba. Thank you. It's a great day. <laughs>